Welcome to the Pets Who Thrive podcast, where we cover all areas of natural animal health and challenge what we've been conditioned to think regarding how to raise and keep a healthy pet. My name is Tammy. I'm an entrepreneur and a certified animal naturopath with a passion for animals and empowering other pet owners with tools for creating the healthiest version of your amazing pets. Let's dive in. Hello, and I am so excited for today's podcast. I have such a treat for you in store. Um, Julie Ann Lee, who holds a diploma in classical homeopathy from the Vancouver Academy of Homeopathy, is here with us. She has been the owner and practitioner of some of the busiest and longest standing holistic veterinary hospitals and clinics in North America. She has dedicated herself to her life's work as a practitioner, teacher, and consultant. And she is also the founder and owner of Adored Beast Products. And my goodness, those are some amazing products. So welcome, Julie Ann. It is such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you in person. Yes, yes. (laughs) So I wanted to um, just kind of start with a little bit about, first of all, you make some amazing products. I'm just in awe at what you've come up with. Um, and they're all just triggered around and, and focused on building the immune system. Like, for example, if you look under your, at, at your website and you look at allergies or, you know, leaky gut or any of those things, things that you wouldn't even think of, they all have so much in common um, regarding how the body really just needs to be, um, it, it just needs to be supported. So I wanted to find out a little bit about, if you could talk to us about a little bit about you and what inspired the creation of Adored Beast. Well, it's a long, very long story, so I'll, I'll, I'll shorten it up a bit. But um, I grew up on a, on a rescue. My mom rescued animals. And when I opened uh, Adored Beast, uh, veterinary hospital. Initially, I didn't want to have a veterinary hospital. I actually wanted to just have a referral service uh, from veterinarians for holistic medicine, but found out pretty quickly that that was a uh, a no-no or that wasn't going to happen. So I started the process of opening the first licensed holistic veterinary right hospital in Canada. So when that happened, I guess I practiced for about 20, close to 20, 22 years. And during that time, when I first opened, there wasn't anybody doing holistic medicine. It was people would come in and it, you know, it was like I flew in on a broom when I would say, you know, <laughs> anything about over vaccinations or doing tighter tests instead of vaccines or raw food. I was the first hospital to actually recommend raw food and I would be teaching people how to make their own raw food. And then I worked with a woman and we actually created the the first commercial raw food in Canada. That was back in 1996, I think. Wow. Um, yeah. So throughout the as the years transpired and people got more and more used to holistic medicine uh, and I became, like I said, I went through the whole trenches of actually becoming the first licensed holistic veterinary hospital. 
at my veterinary hospital, I saw a lot of end stage cases in the first five years. So the majority of my practice was things like cancer or people coming to me and saying, if you can't help my dog or my cat or my horse, I'm going to have to euthanize it. It was really, um, it wasn't your, your typical veterinary hospital where people would just come in with regular stuff. It was really end stage stuff. Sure. And what was so interesting was early in my career, I ultimately, when I would change their diets, they would have some kind of GI upset and every single animal that came in would have a diet change. I would get them off of commercial food and onto either home cooked or raw. And I, I often saw a little bit of a digestive upset. And when I treated them for their GI issues, which was addressing the microbiome of the gut, their chronic disease got better, whether that was severe, severe skin disease, whether that was severe arthritis, or whether that was cancer, or whether it didn't matter the pathology, it all followed suit that after I focused on their guts, their, 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 they, their pathology got much, much better. So I was, I thought to myself, there's something to, there's really something to this. So I guess I started researching the, the gut microbiome probably about 22 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, more probably close to 25 years. And as I was doing this, my, my nurses and my technicians and my receptionists would say to me, you know, can we start making up some of these formulas that you're sending home with, with patients? Can we start making them up in larger larger amounts because you tend to use a lot of them. And, and the ones that I was using a lot were my, was my healthy gut um, formulation, my gut suits formulation, things like that. So that's what we did. And then they would just, you know, put it into containers at the, at the hospital and away they'd go. And then I did a course through uh, the University of British Columbia, I did a, a four-year postgraduate holistic veterinary medical program uh, with and graduated, I think, 36 veterinarians. And a lot of them within this course, I was teaching them these formulas as well. So they started saying, you know, can you, can you mix them up for us? Can you send them to us? So when I finally decided that I was going to shift gears, it was that I felt that there was enough. I was in Vancouver, BC. I felt like that there was enough really competent holistic veterinarians in BC and that I felt that there was a a really massive need for the larger part of the world to be able to help them, um, and support them to heal their animals and work with their animals in a holistic way where they didn't have the support of holistic veterinarians. Sure. And really the only way to do that I felt was to produce products that the average person would be able to understand and use in their own kitchen without a lot of complicated process to go through it. And that's what I did. So I sold my, at that point I had three practices in, in BC and I, I sold them and I moved to Nova Scotia to start to try and find, um, uh, 
company, a company that I could work with to produce this on a level that was, um, you know, that I could go globally with this and, and, and put it, one other important thing was for me was putting a team together that could support the influx of questions and support the amount of that, you know, support the people that needed the support that didn't have support in any other way. So that's how Adored Beast Apothecary started. But what was super interesting for me, I have an incredible business partner and um, thank goodness, because what was interesting for me is when I was at my hospital in BC, I would go to all of these different uh, um, businesses to buy what I felt was the, the best ingredients, right? So I would, and they were all human companies mm-hmm. that I would go and I would buy, you know, pounds of slippery elm or um, larch or whatever I was using. And then my, my staff would mix it at the clinics. And when I want to start producing it on, on a, on a much larger basis, it was it, that process and that experience in itself was more eye opening than I can, than I can tell you, because I was shocked um, that that for animal products, there's there's so many different levels, right? There's there's animal grade, and then sure. there's human gra- animal grade, which is not fit for human consumption. Then there's human grade. Then there's another grade that I call kind of like health food store grade, which is a level up from buying it at a drugstore or or a, a you know a a, a super a superstore or something mm-hmm. like that. And then there is professional grade that is used by naturopathic doctors um, that are usually coming from compound companies. So when I was trying to source my ingredients, I really had a hard time. And it took me almost a year and a half, even though I had all my formulas and everything ready to go. It took wow. me almost a year and a half to find the company that I wanted to work with. So that's what I did. And then I. Yeah. Then I started putting my teams together that could support the questions that were coming in. And that's what inspired me to do this because I just, I feel like there are, I think I, I treated probably close to 35,000 animals in my career. Wow. And I know a lot. I, did, I had no idea until my, my clinic was audited when I was selling it. And the auditor said, you know, that you've, that you've actually worked with over 35,000 animals. Wow. So I said, yeah. No, I, I didn't. So it's, it's kind of interesting because as a, as a, as a natural animal supplement company, you don't have to have any research. You don't have to have any research. You don't have to have any clinical studies. You don't have, it doesn't, nothing has to, you just basically can create a formula and put it on a shelf. Goodness. So many people yeah. have no idea. Yeah. That. I had no idea. Yeah. I personally had no idea. So I, like I said, I had a very, very, um, uh, interesting, uh, learning curve when I started from, you know, just assuming it would be like human supplements and things like that. And it, and it wasn't not even, not even close. So it's, it's been, really interesting. And, and I love it because I feel like I'm never going to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be on my deathbed when I, when I, and I'll still be learning and researching and, and trying to do better, which is a big thing. This, 
like our company is very much about, you know, everyone says, oh, well, you're, you know, you're a gut expert and you're a microbiome expert and you've been doing this for, you know, 30 years and whatever. It's like, but I feel like I still know nothing. You know, I, I, I feel like every day I can do better every, every time, you know, I'm, I'm never, I'm never not looking at improving something and, and evolving. Yeah. So that's, that's been my inspiration. My, my mother was really my inspiration. My mother was like the closest thing to a human version of mother earth that I think I'll ever know in my entire life. Wow. Wonderful teacher. Yeah, she is. I I compare her to like a Jane Goodall only for, for dogs and for companion animals. That's nice. Yeah. She, she was amazing. So that's, that's, that's why I'm here. Awesome. Well, and I love that you really thought through not only having a team in place so that they could support all the, you know, the influx of questions, because truly this is almost like learning another language. You know, when you think about all the different conditions that um, pets have, um, many, many of them are just placed on anti, you know, something or Mm -hmm. something to suppress the immune system rather than getting to the root. So I think it's amazing that you created a company that you have the support, but then also you took the effort and the time to find um, the products and the sourcing and all of that to support your vision and goal. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a process. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So kind of speaking about so many of the pets that we just, you know, we see them every day at my store. Um, So many of them are just plagued with health issues. What are some of the signs uh, that you see that relate and point to a leaky gut? Everything. (laughs) Okay. Seriously. um, I feel like when I, I, I've always said this, when I, when I look at a body, whether it's a dog, a cat, a person, uh, it doesn't really matter. We're like little walking ecosystems. And the foundation of that, the foundation is almost looking like if you look at a tree, what it's coming, what is it coming out of? What's a vegetable coming out of? What do we, what do we build our houses on? We build it on the earth, right? We build it on the soil. Well, our guts are that soil. Our, our, our guts are that foundation of which everything is built upon, um, you know, including our, our, our brain, our emotional uh, realm and everything. So the, um, I, I think that when you look at leaky gut, leaky gut is a syndrome of the, the external manifestation or uh, symptoms would be anything that uh, an animal or a person might get when they're 65, 70 years old as a person or as a getting into geriatrics as an animal. So I would, I would say like for a person, if you're going to get arthritis or you're going to get heart disease, or you're going to get, if you have leaky gut you're going to see those, those diseases, whether they're from, you know, hereditary or, uh, you're going to see them manifest a lot earlier. Uh, mm. a, a, you know, I would, I would like collapsing tracheas even, you know, if, if a, if a breed has a predisposition of a collapsing trachea 
or you have a Labrador and or a German Shepherd, and you and you're thinking about hip dysplasia, or you have you know inflammatory bowel disease. Like there's 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 a a, a myriad of symptoms because what happens is that when the gut is leaking, then the aging process happens exponentially faster because mm. the first thing that happens is that you you aren't getting your micronutrients so your your body actually you could be feeding the best food on the planet or eating the best food on the planet but your body isn't absorbing the nutrients if the gut is leaking hmm. the next thing that happens is that when the gut leaks um the it leaks into the bloodstream so then the blood there's a there's a systemic inflammatory reactive response that's happening 24/7 constantly and then from that a lot all this is happening underneath and people and animals are walking around looking completely normal and then all of a sudden bang mm-hmm. you know there's this there's this acute um situation of you know vomiting or diarrhea or or you know arthritis or whatever it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter what it looks like it it then looks like it's an acute Right. Mm-hmm. And often it's not an acute. It's it's the body compensating for years, you know, uh, and then all of a sudden it just decompensates. It can't compensate anymore. And then you start to see symptoms or often skin disease that are misdiagnosed with allergies. I would say mm-hmm. nine times out of 10 are are leaky gut, you know, where where the the skin symptoms start to show and then, you know, nobody wants their dogs itchy or their cats itchy or nobody wants to see them in distress. And the skin is the, is the, I would say that the, the least life-threatening organ, but the largest organ of the body. So if there's something deeper going on, then the body, when it's still in a healthy state, pushes it out, pushes it to the surface. But then when we see it, no one wants to see it and they just want to stop it, right? Mm-hmm. So by, by stopping it, what you're actually doing it doing is suppressing it or you're pushing it back down to a deeper level or its original level, which then um, just creates the deeper level to get worse and, mm. and go into a deeper disease. And what the sad thing is, is it doesn't, it doesn't stop the skin disease. The skin disease still happens. And in fact, as soon as soon as the deeper level happens and everyone's going, oh my gosh, okay, well now that they've been on non-steroidal anti-inflammatories or they've been on immunosuppressive drugs or they've been on this, their livers are tanking or they're getting diarrhea, they're sure. vomiting or whatever. They stop the drugs and then the skin disease is exponentially worse sure. because it's like taking a Band-Aid or a piece of duct tape off of a, a leaking hose, right? You, you haven't, you haven't created corrected the leak you've just stopped it and in Mm -hmm. fact nine times out of ten it gets bigger underneath the tape Mm. and then the tape comes off and then there's a rebound effect and then the dog or the cat or whatever is even worse with with any autoimmune disease whether it's skin or ibd or arthritis or whatever so i think when when you ask me what what symptom you know even aggression it's incredible like i i used to see dogs that came in and people would say, you know, they're on their last warning. They, they've either attacked other dogs or they've bitten people or they've, you know, it's been really, really bad. You know, there's like, you know, they're on their last, last warning card. 
and um, you know, homeopathics really help. Different, you know, different methods of of um, behavioral support really helps. But when you when you treat their microbiome, when you heal their gut, then they can finally the gut can actually communicate with the brain, and then it and everything changes. You know, all of the really specialized hormones and and um, metabolites happen that the brain actually functions correctly. So, you know, everything from, from aggression to severe, severe diseases, I've seen reverse from, from creating a healthy, a healthy gut and a healthy microbiome. And I'm sure that's a shock to many people, especially behaviorally, but it speaks Mm -hmm. to the brain gut connection. I mean, it's, it's, that's great information. Um, what are some of the things that you've seen that have contributed to causing a leaky gut? Lots of things. I mean, we first, we first, we used to say the number one reason was, was dysbiosis from antibiotics, from the overuse of antibiotics or the, the, the using antibiotics at a really young age. Um, I believe that a lot of it, it, it is from that, but I believe a lot of it from, is from our lack of microbiome in the soil, which then, you know, is, is in our food or in the food that we're feeding our animals to animals being born with a really unhealthy microbiome right from the get go. Mm-hmm. So their native, their native gut bacteria is really, really deficient or really unhealthy. So I would say that the majority of animals and people right now are walking around with a really deficient microbiome and a, and a, and a, um, and really unhealthy gut lining. So when, when the, when the microbiome isn't healthy, what happens is it doesn't support the inflammatory response happens and the, the mucosal lining of the bowel, which looks like when it's healthy, it should look like a very pliable uh, cheesecloth mm-hmm. and, um, it should be very, you know, it should move around. It should be very pliable and really stretchy and smooth and, you know, full of lots of juicy things to keep it, to keep it moving and being able to, um, have its contractions and stuff. When the microbiome is not healthy, it becomes inflamed. And when mm-hmm. it becomes inflamed, it becomes brittle or sclerotic or it's, it stretches. And then the, and then the junctions or like the little holes that allow the tiniest, tiny micronutrients to absorb into the gut and then go into the bloodstream, which is how we, how we maintain proper nutrients and health, they become stretched and too big. And then when they're big, the, everything from the gut, from pathogens to chemicals, to things that are, that should be in our gut and processed through our gut and, um, uh, removed through defecation and through, uh, uh, you know, passing through the body, it doesn't, and it goes into the bloodstream. And when it goes into the bloodstream, it, the, the bloodstream reacts by becoming overreactive, which causes autoimmune diseases it becomes overreactive and creates the 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 process of looking at antigens that should be passive, like um, chicken protein or dust mites or whatever. Mm-hmm. Should not be should you know a body shouldn't be looking at at that as something that is an enemy. 
Mm-hmm. But when it's in the bloodstream, it is because it shouldn't be there. So it's, it, it, it creates these things that look like allergies, but really they're sensitivities or reactivities because the body, it, it's going into places in the body that it shouldn't. Hmm. So it, it's, it's often, like I said, often it's misdiagnosed as allergies. So, so we get, you know, with leaky gut and the stiffening of this, the mucosal lining and the stretching of the, of the junctions that they become leaky, we get, like I said, first thing that happens is the body becomes malnourished, you know, and who thinks that anybody nowadays is malnourished, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in, in, in North America and, you know, the, in European countries, like no one would be considered malnourished people or animals really. But you are, if you're not, if you're not absorbing your nutrients correctly. So the first thing that happens is the melt is, is the body becomes malnourished. Um, second thing that happens is it becomes in chronically systemically inflamed. Mm. Third thing is it becomes overreactive, which creates autoimmune disease and then all hell breaks loose. Sure. You know, so, and then depending when that hell breaks loose, it depends on what your susceptibility or what your weakness is with every individual body. I've seen everything you could possibly imagine um, symptomatically. I mean, other obviously, other than accidents, except even with accidents, a, a healthy microbiome, a, a body that go, is going through injury, whether you're seven you know, years old as a human or 70 years old or as a puppy or as a, a geriatric animal, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. I think that what, what happens is that your, your cellular turnover when you have leaky gut is exponentially slower. Your he, your ability to heal when you don't have a healthy microbiome mm-hmm. is, is unbelievably low. And one of my, you know, one of my favorite uh, people in the, in right now when it comes to health is, is Zach Bush, Dr. Zach Bush. And he was saying that, you know, kids aren't healing like they mm. used to, you know, like, you know, in the 60s, people healed differently than, than they do now. And it's the same with animals. You know, you, you see an animal. I remember growing up on a farm and, you know, if my dogs got into something or ate something, they'd throw up Mm -hmm. and they'd be fine. You know, Um, now they get into something, they throw up and they're in on IV fluids in in the clinic with pancreatitis and, and, um, you know, really, really, really sick with, you know, acute hemorrhagic gastritis or, you know, they they get really sick. They don't recover. They don't recover like they should. You know, the body should have an ability, an, an innate ability to recover quickly given the tools. Right. And I think you touched on something that is also very important to know, and that is a lot of times they come into the world with a damaged gut lining. And part of that um, could be, you know, the the mother and the father. They didn't have, you know, it's it's years of damage that sometimes is brought through to that new puppy. Cause a lot of times people will say, why is my dog, why does it have allergies? Why does it have itchy skin? I feed him the best food in the world, but the best food in the world, if the gut is leaky, 
will still Mm -hmm. cause all of those inflammatory uh, responses. So for sure. And, and I would say the majority of animals are born with, with not very healthy microbiome. And mm-hmm. the other thing that can, that can affect the microbiome is, is stress, mm-hmm. you know, stress can stress, stress can do it. Um, the lack of sex hormones, you know, spaying oh, and sure. neutering them really young, you know, there's there, the body's, the body is a really fine tuned machine. And, you know, when it's, when parts are taken out and, you know, overly compromised. Other parts have to have to, you know, be more diligent and they they run out faster. Like sure. it's 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 a it's it's not really difficult to understand. You know, it, it sounds it sounds it's very scientific. It's very it, there's so much research with the gut microbiome. Thank goodness, because I remember when I started, like I said, 25 years ago, People just thought I flew in on a broom, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, more and more people are researching it, but I think a, a big part of the gut microbiome that, that, that get, is affected is that we aren't getting it through, like we aren't getting it through our food, right? Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not like our, our soil is so depleted of microbiome, right? Sure. It's, de- it's depleted of minerals and it's depleted of, of, of the proper environmental bacteria, so, um, you know, even, even not, not getting the, the right, uh, food or not the right food, finding food that has been, that has been grown with, with the correct microbiome is it's, it's almost impossible sure. to find for people or animals. So, you know, I often say that I have a, I have a, I have a large, a large part of my life purpose is to try and bring that homeostasis back to the planet right Mm. with with like education on all levels like with soil education with the microbiome of the planet like period not just in our guts but but period and i and i think that um you know that's that really is when we look at health we have to we have to look at the microbiome that we're living on and on our planet. And then we have to look at the microbiome in our own bodies because it's kind of one of the same thing. Sure. Yeah. So hopefully there is some hope for helping to turn a leaky gut around. Um, I know I've had some experience, um, with, with your leaky gut protocol with one of my dogs, that's, that's really made a tremendous difference in his life um, and mine actually. Um, and so I just, I wanted to find out what are some of the things that are so important for, for trying to heal that, that leaky gut. And also, you know, it realizing that it's not an overnight fix, you know, we're, we're so used to the pharmaceuticals and they make such a difference and poof, everything's perfect but, you know, also, I guess, realistically, how do you um, set up that expectation for what that healing might look like? It's, it's, um, it's really individual. And I always say that people know their, their animals better than, than anybody does. So you have to, you have to, first, you have to be your animal's advocate, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're dealing with veterinarians, veterinarians are brilliant brilliant, um, brilliant people. They're, they're there to support, but 
we have to be equally as involved in our in our animals healthcare as the veterinarian does like mm-hmm. we have to have as much as much say if not more right yeah. as far as what happens and what doesn't happen we have to respect veterinarians for their what they give to us from the from an information point of view or saving our animals lives if they've been hit by a car sure. or you know something like that but but when it comes to actually longevity and quality qual- life quality and care that's up to you guys mm-hmm. not up to your veterinarian and and you need to be as big a part of their health team or if not more so than 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 your veterinarian and, and i think that it depends on so every animal is an individual it depends on like i said were they born with an unhealthy microbiome? Is this something that happened after spay and neuter and they were given a bunch of drugs that they've had, you know, have they been, you know, over vaccinated? Have they been, you know, there's there every single thing as an individual, but the longer they've been sick, often mm-hmm. the longer it takes sure. to, to rehabilitate that. But you have to look at this, from a high level because it's everything, right? It's their stress. How much exercise are they getting? You know, what's your stress level? Mm-hmm. What, you know, what's, how are you with them? You know, especially with COVID right now and everybody's sure. super, super stressed. Absolutely. You know, you have to remember that your animal, if your intention is, is pure with your animal, your, your, it, your animal understands that, you know, you don't, you don't have to be perfect in every single way. You just have to be honest. And, sure. and I think that um, when for, so as far as the microbiome and, and healing leaky gut, we have to look at that. We have a couple of things that are, in my opinion, called obstacles to cure, which is, you know, the fact that they're spayed and neutered, especially mm-hmm. if they're spayed and neutered really young. Um, the fact that they can't have a lot of free will which means that, you know, they can't just run outside and fight and have sex and play and, you know, kill small animals, (laughs) things like that. Um, And, you know, we, we've really urbanized them. So we, we have to try and implement as much real species oriented emotional health as we can. That's one thing. And then from a diet point of view as close as we can to a species oriented clean diet as possible. Mm -hmm. So raw food and as clean as we can get it raw food. If we can't do that, then, then sourcing the best quality kibble and, you know, soaking it with bone broth and, and Mm -hmm. adding, adding as much real food as you can. I hate to discriminate between people that can, that are able to feed raw food, no problem. And people that just absolutely can't. Sure. Um, I, I sort of made a pledge to, because what I want to do is help animals. And, and if I have to do that, I, you know, I, I, I try did a functional medicine course and that's all about making sure that you can, that you can give advice and support each family with what they can do sure. and not give, you know, a, a lot of rules that, that, that just aren't, that, that just can't be followed because they can't, they can't do it. So, sure. uh, 
what we want to do is we want to look at the diet. We want to look at their stress levels or exercise levels. And then the leaky gut protocol was the very first product I ever put on the market. And the Hmm. reason that I did that was because I felt like everything else can't heal unless the gut is. So in the protocol, it's very specific, right? We, what we do is we deal with something called an anti-vaccinosis first, and that's a homeopathic remedy that um, helps the body uh, sort of retain its balance if it's been unbalanced by, Mm -hmm. by a vaccine. It doesn't do anything for the positive things that a vaccine does, which is create antibodies. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't negate that at all. Then we go into what you want to do with leaky gut is that until the gut is healed, we want to try to digest the food, give them something that helps to digest their food Mm -hmm. because it's not going to miraculously go away. So we want to make sure that the food is as in small particles as possible so that the food has almost been pre-digested before it, so that if it does go through into the system, it's not creating as much stress or inflammatory process. Sure. So that's the healthy gut. So we we're we're giving a really good digestive enzyme that helps to decrease inflammation, uh, break down the food, and support the body in its digestive process. Then we have something called gut soothe. Gut soothe, and gut soothe is a combination of things that do exactly. What I was saying about the, when the gut lining becomes stiff and and dry and um, stretched, it it brings back anti-inflammatory properties like slippery elm and marshmallow root and DGL and um, there's something in there called N-acetylglucosamine. Mm-hmm. And N-acetylglucosamine is similar to to to, to glucosamine, except it is for smooth muscle. So it mm. decreases inflammation in the bladder wall, in the intestinal wall, in the lining of the lungs. It's it's an incredible nutraceutical. Uh, and then L-glutamine. And, and what that does is it gives pliability, anti-inflammatory effects to help the gut wall st- start to heal. Then we have a 14-strain probiotic and a prebiotic that plants a diverse, not just one single, you know, probiotic, um, but a diverse uh, amount of uh, of bacteria, friendly bacteria, mm-hmm. and then larch, which feeds that bacteria so that it can help procreate, and that that sets up a um, uh, sort of like the housing, the proper safe housing for for the bacteria to be able to live in. And then there's a product called Gut Suit or Gut Seal, which is a homeopathic product that I created in my clinic um, that helps to. A lot of times, when you think about when people say, "Oh, well, I've given this and I've given that and I've done this," but then the body heals, the gut heals. But what happens is it heals with scarring. Mm. So then, even though the junctions are healed, there's a lot of junctions that heal with with thickening, with gut thickening. And where that gut is thickened, like if you do an ultrasound and you see inflammatory bowel disease, the, the, the veterinarian will say to you, you, your dog has, or your cat has thickening of the bladder of the gut wall, the mucosal mm. lining of the gut wall. Yes. So then the same thing happens with the nutrition or inflammation, right? So this product 
helps as the gut is healing, it helps to break down scar tissue from forming. It help it it has collagen in it. It's got calendula to increase the epithelial cells. Mm-hmm. So it helps the gut to heal in a healthy way rather nice. than just heal and scar. Mm-hmm. So that's that's from an adored beast perspective. That is our serious focus on how to how to heal the gut. So environmentally, emotionally, and then the protocol is used to to um, get the process going. Yeah. Well, that's impressive. Um, and I will say that since starting the leaky gut protocol with my own dog, who is uh, almost 10, he's a lab, you know, 90, 95 pound lab, and he is acting like a puppy. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty amazing. And I've been feeding him wonderful food all along. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, it, it doesn't matter if you have a leaky gut. So mm-hmm. it's, um, it is, I think you've given some people hope and also answers on some of these chronic, you know, just long burning issues that they've been so frustrated about, um, not getting a solution to, or, having a short-term solution. And then, like you said, um, you know, pulling the bandaid off and then here it just comes full force. Mm -hmm. So you've really put together a a powerhouse of products that, that target that and, you know, can again, give some people hope. Mm -hmm. And I think too, what, what people also for people that are out there that, you know, have had dogs that have died from cancer or, you know, um, skin disease, uh, uh, you know, it, uh, people are always shocked when I say that skin disease is the number one elected reason for euthanasia. Mm-hmm. So it's heartbreaking. It's just yes. heartbreaking for me to hear that. I, I think that animals should have a leaky gut protocol, even if they're asymptomatic twice mm. a year, twice a year. Be- yeah. Because once you have symptoms, mm-hmm. there's been, there's been issues for a while. Sure. Right. So I feel like, you know, when they've been walking through grass and there's, it's been sprayed or, mm, you know, in yes. some states where you have to get vaccinated on a regular basis, or, you know, you're, you haven't been able to, um, feed the food that you've always wanted, or that they've gone through a lot of stress or they've been spayed and neutered at a really young age, um, supporting it's to me, it's the best insurance on the planet. If you could, if you support your, your guts, the the house of the gut, which is the, 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 uh, intestinal lining, right. The, and you support the microbiota, which is the, the bacteria and the environment within that house. If you do that to prevent disease, you're going to be way, way better off because you know, we're living in an age where, you know, until we can have better, better soil conditions and, and pollution and less stress and stuff, we're, we're constantly um, coming up against things that work against our natural ability to heal, right? Because, I mean, really, if we ate really good food and we weren't stressed and we had lots of fresh air and exercise, other than acute injuries, mm-hmm. right? Acute problems, we should be able to stay relatively healthy. 
but right. that's that's not where we live right now. Sure. So, you know, while we're living in here and focusing on trying to help our planet regain her homeostasis, we can we can keep our bodies in a in in that place while working for the greater good of doing that for for our planet. Absolutely. Well, I cannot thank you enough. I know um, my listeners are just going to be so thrilled to have this information. And um, I just, it's fantastic. It supports everything that that we talk about, um, even at our store and just everything related to getting to the root versus suppressing the symptom. So mm-hmm. Julianne, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am so honored to have had this opportunity today. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we uh, sign off today? I think it's, you know, people thank me a lot when I, when I, you know, I get, I'm so lucky. Like I get a lot of people saying thank you to me. And I feel like, you know, I'm trying to learn how to accept it actually, (laughs) Uh, because it it can get, you know, I, I feel like, Oh, but without people like you, without people like, you know, Tracy, right. Oh yes. And and I told Tracy a story once a long time ago that, that, all of us are like, I did a, I did a lecture once on, on fungi and trees. Mm. And, um, when I lived in Vancouver, I was really lucky to be, you know, to hear one of the very first research about the mother tree in the forest and how she can, they've proven that she can send nutrients. She, she can recognize and understand when a tree is sick, right. Or a particular Mm. part of the forest isn't getting what it needs. And she can literally shut down part of the forest and send specific nutrients to another part of the forest through the fungi of, of the, of the, of the earth, right. Wow. Of the forest of the forest earth. And um, I said that, you know, for, for healing animals and, and helping the planet, that's what we are. Right. Like if I didn't have, I said to Tracy once, you're like my little fungi. <laughs> she would and then when I told first when I said it to her she's like what and then when I explained it to her I said without people like you guys and I don't mean that I mean there there is no everyone everybody you guys the people that are I have information but if that information doesn't come out get out there with people amazing people like you and hand people that have hands on and that touch the heart and the lives of of animals every single day in your store and mm-hmm. doing podcasts there, there, there would be no way for me to get my information or my, uh, my, my passion or my sure. whatever out there. Right. So, yeah. you know, as, as, as much as you have gratitude, I have like so much for, for all of you guys and, and, you know, without all of us, Absolutely. We couldn't do this. And with all of us, especially in this time now, you know, like-minded people have to support each other. And for sure, we all have to be little fungi taking, (laughs) taking all this information and love and healing and support to, to the world. Right. Absolutely. I see fungi in a whole new light now. Good. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Fungi and poop, you know, it's like, (laughs) It's not that sexy, but 
Boy, I talk about it more than you can imagine in one day. It's it's amazing. So, all right. Well, thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your day. And and I know everyone is going to just love uh, love the information here today. Okay. Take care. Okay. You too. Thanks very much. Uh Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you love this episode, share it with someone who may also want to help their pet. You can share it now or post it on social media. Tag me in it so that I can reach back out to you. I'm so proud of you for taking steps to help your amazing furry family member. Talk to you soon.